0: Chapter Thirteen of Garibaldi and the Making of Italy by George Macaulay Trevelyan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Battle of the Volturno, October First and Second. Pure as the archangel's cleaving darkness, throw the sword he sees, the keen unwearied sword, a single blade against a circling horde, an eye for freedom and the trampled few, the cry of liberty from dungeon cell from exile was his god's command to smite as for a swim in sea he joined the fight with radiant face full sure that he did well bold a warrior dealing mortal strokes whose nature was a child's amid his foes a wary trickster at the battle's close no gentler friend this leopard dashed with fox down the long roll of history will run the story of these deeds and speed his race beneath defeat more hotly to embrace the noble cause and trust to another son george meredith the century of garibaldi on the last day of september by way of prelude to their coming attack the royalists kept up a heavy cannonade and their infantry skirmished along the line of outposts in front of capua the hottest firing was at the ferries below san giorgio ridge on which the garibaldian batteries had been mounted only the day before after sunset all again fell silent a mile to the south of the ferries on the lowest slopes of monte Tifata, stands the village of sant angelo its church built a dozen centuries ago out of the ruins of roman villas and temples was the center of medici's position filled that night with sleeping soldiers and on the morrow with the wounded and the dead on the embanked terrace in front of the church stood garibaldi with his back to the darkened mountain and his eyes fixed on the distant lights of capua suddenly far away in the middle of the enemy's lines a tongue of flame leapt up and flared on the night sky he watched it for some time in silence and then turned round with a laugh sir he said we must not sleep too heavily to-night the next moment he was on his horse riding back to caserta to arrange the last details with bixio and with Tour. he laughed the old lion said one of the group left up on the terrace that flame must be the signal for their attack after midnight a heavy fog crept over the capuan plain and wrapped itself round the bourbon regiments as they issued one by one from the gate of the fortress in the volturno region all the ground that does not rise to a certain level above the sea is composed of dark volcanic tufa soft and easy to cut all above that level is hard white limestone rock the village of san angelo on the lower slopes of the mountain stands on the junction of the two strata and is built half of tufa and half of limestone while santa maria and all the villages of the plain are built like naples itself of the black spongy tufa of which the soil is composed architecturally a sordid stone of discouraging and criminal appearance the highly cultivated plain between capua and monte tefata is traversed by the peasants and their flocks by means of a network of lanes sunk ten feet deep in the soft tufa and therefore invisible at more than a few yards distance the road that leads from santa maria to san angelo crosses by bridges over four or five of these hidden lanes up some of which bourbon columns penetrated before dawn on october first and thus obtain unobserved a footing inside garibaldi's line at its weakest point the almost undefended space between santa angelo and santa maria further to the south the fog served to hide the approach of the other columns under tabachi who surprised and routed the defenders of the cemetery and of santomaro many of these first runaways fled by the high road to naples and arrived there before noon spreading panic like the first comers from waterloo in the belgian capital daiella who commanded the national guard called out the whole force and patrolled naples and the neighboring villages to prevent a reactionary movement knowing the impressionable character of the neapolitans de Ayella sent out premature and exaggerated reports of victory to counteract the tales of the runaways meanwhile tabacchi's men seized the railway embankment and a large group of buildings called st augustino whence they enfiladed the trenches in front of santa maria with cannon and rifle fire fortunately since garibaldi had come out by an early train from caserta and was already at Milbit's side santa maria itself was vigorously defended under the roman archway at its entrance to cannon destined to be worked that day by many successive relays of professional and volunteer gunners began their ten hours duel with the enemy's batteries and riflemen posted at st the sicilians held the amphitheatre of ancient capua a fine defensive position in the plain just outside the town while fifty frenchmen who still named their company after their slain leader de flotte held an isolated farm in front of the amphitheatre with splendid courage all day long at garibaldi's order Tour began thriftily to feed at middle bits with portions of his reserve which he sent up from caserta by rail and road asante's regiment was the first to arrive some of them deployed in the open to the north of the amphitheatre while others restored the fight on the railway seeing that santa maria could hold out for a while and hearing the noise of battle in the north the dictator with gazio Mazzori, and his staff mounted into two carriages and drove off towards san angelo as the mist rolled away they saw the road clear before them and never suspected that the enemy had already crossed it by the sunk lanes and was lying in wait under the ciccarelli bridge at garibaldi's side sat a young officer of the piedmontese regular artillery going to serve his guns at san angelo he was emilio savio one of the noble pair of brothers who with their mother the poetess were soon to be made famous by mrs browning in every household of europe and america where english poetry was read emilio as he sat by garibaldi's side did not yet know that three days before his brother alfredo had been shot by the sea in the east in the trenches beneath ancona any more than that he himself was in a few weeks time beneath the walls of gaeta to be shot in the west by the sea as the carriages drew near the carciarelli bridge the bourbon infantry in the lane beneath came scrambling up as if out of the bowels of the earth and emptied their rifles at the dictator twenty yards away the horses dashed forward through the midst of them, and as they ran the gauntlet, the coachman and caraceto of the staff fell mortally wounded. A few yards on the further side of the bridge, one of the horses rolled over, and the carriage was brought to a stand. Garibaldi stepped out into the road and drew his sword. A small group of Medici's infantry from Sant'Angelo, Angelo, who were fortunately not far off, came running up and led by the dictator they charged and repulsed the enemy after this incident which had so nearly secured the restoration of the bourbon dynasty to naples garibaldi made his way on foot to san angelo and spent the whole of the morning and the early part of the afternoon in heading charge after charge on the slopes of monte tefata and in the streets of the village the enemy in greatly superior force had stormed the advanced battery on the road to capua where dune fell wounded at the head of his sicilians and had poured into the lower part of Sant'Angelo. angelo at the top of the village garibaldi's cannon were planted on the terrace in front of the church and here the struggle raged hottest other bourbon troops crossed from the north bank of the volturno by the ferries and began to ascend monte Tefata through the forest of san vito Garibaldi was here, there, and everywhere, now on horseback, now on foot, now at the church, now on the summit of Monte Tifata, whither he led the Geonesic Carabiniers of the Thousand. His criticism of the Bourbon method of attack was that though they advanced bravely, they advanced firing instead of charging with the cold steel. The chief feature of his own method of defence was a series of bayonet charges, each of which drove back the royalists and relieved the pressure for a while. Wherever one of these rushes was being made in defence of Medici's position, whether on the rocky mountainside or on the plain below, there was Garibaldi organising and leading the charge. His presence put courage into the most faint hearted of Medici's four thousand men and made heroes of the bravest soon after noonday, he began to cry victory wherever he went and to send off messages to all parts of the field reporting victory all along the line the phrase kept up the spirits of his outnumbered force though the veterans muttered under their breath victory what victory in the attack on san angelo the bourbon general afan de rivera who was in command incurred censure for not appearing near the front but in the attack on santa maria general Tobacchi did his duty and the commander-in-chief retucci exposed himself all day in a manner more suitable to the part of a divisional commander the knowledge that king francis was in the field with his brothers the counts trani and caserta and his uncle of Trapani, greatly encouraged the assailants both sides an observer noted fought in silence with the intensity of an italian vendetta the Bourbon cavalry made several charges on the plain to the north of the amphitheatre, and the infantry penetrated as far as San Prisco. Their guard regiments alone lost four hundred killed and wounded. But the grenadiers of the guard sulked and refused to advance a second time against Santa Maria, at a moment regarded by Ritucci as the crisis of the battle. The attack, directed from Capua on Santa Maria and Sant'Angelo, was not the only part of the bourbon operations on october first it has already been explained how von mitchell with eight thousand men acting from the base of amorosi had orders to capture Madaloni and thence advance on caserta where it was hoped that they would in the afternoon join hands with the victors of santa maria coming from the opposite direction this wide division of royalists forces was a mistake in strategy dictated to ritucci by the council at gaeta von mitchell now proceeded to make his own account a further mistake of the same character in the manipulation of his eight thousand men instead of attacking bixio's position before Madaloni with his whole force he led only three thousand german-speaking troops down the valley road from Ducenta and detached the five thousand native troops under ruiz to make a long circle through the mountains by limitola castle moroni and old caserta von mitchell declares that he intended ruiz and his five thousand to come over the top of monte caro and fall from above on to the left flank of bixio's position near the villa gualatieri at the moment when his own frontal attack was engaging the full attention of the garibaldini at the arches of the valley but it was an error to employ five thousand men for a flank attack which required speed and mobility rather than numbers and to keep only three thousand for the main operation perhaps his swiss pride inspired him to send away all the neapolitans and to fight a pan-german battle in the valley whether from pride or sheer stupidity he pushed on his own attack with such haste that ruiz would barely have had time to make his way round over the rocky and trackless mountains even if he had met with no resistance from the bands of garibaldini at castle moroni or elsewhere but von mechel's worst mistake was that he never gave ruiz clear orders to cross monte caro and appear on the scene of conflict he merely instructed him to occupy old caserta and there to await developments you must keep up communications so von mitchell wrote between the column attacking sant angelo and my column attacking the arches of the valley this cannot be read as constituting an order to assist in the battle of the arches of the valley and yet von mitchell conducted his whole operation there on october first on the assumption that ruiz would hasten to his assistance and after the event blamed him for adhering too literally to his instructions instead of marching to the sounds of the guns it may be pleaded in favour of ruiz that he heard guns firing on both sides of him at st angelo and at the arches of the valley and that the instructions given him by von mitchell were to keep up communications between these two battles eight miles apart no doubt a clive or a blucher would have marched off to decide one or another of the two battles or else would have seized the opportunity to attack the enemy's headquarters at new Caserta. but ruiz was an ordinary neapolitan officer and was content to carry out his actual instructions a few hours behind time von mitchell therefore at six in the morning of october first with only three thousand infantry and six mountain guns attempted to dislodge bixio from a strong position which he held with an equal number of guns and fifty-six hundred volunteers this was the only part of the battle of the Volturno in which the royalists were inferior not in quality but in numbers the first of von mitchell's three battalions of foreign troops was composed of austrians and bavarians brave but ill-disciplined and inclined to be mutinous on questions of food and forced marches the second battalion consisted chiefly and the third entirely of swiss many of whom who had been in the bourbon service for years in the old privileged swiss regiments disbanded in eighteen fifty nine they had been accustomed when in garrison at mataloni to field days in these mountains and knew every yard of the ground near the aqueduct better troops could not have been found in all europe for the purpose von mitchell had in hand Bixio had chosen to defend mataloni at the point where the valley connecting it with Dugenta narrows to a gorge spanned by the arches of the valley van vitelli's colossal aqueduct that carries the water to caserta palace along the top of the water-pipe runs a narrow viaduct some two hundred feet above the valley bottom and by this aerial footpath bixiel was able to establish rapid communication between his left wing on the slopes of monte caro and his right wing on the slopes of monte Lugano. his reserve was behind the left wing on monte san Michele and villa gualtieri the swiss veterans of the third battalion dragging up with them a mountain battery ascended the wooded slopes of monte logano and stormed the mills at the eastern end of the aqueduct driving in flight bixio's right wing the brigade eberhardt von mitchell's son was killed at the head of the mountaineers of Uri and unterwald the attack at the bottom of the valley directed against the base of the great arches was successful in consequence of the victory on the hillside above several garibaldian officers at the aqueduct apparently of Eberhardt's genoese brigade led the fight to Madaloni. a few days later at bixio's request they were degraded in sight of the whole army at a review held in front of caserta palace with the advice from garibaldi's own lips to beg for muskets and get themselves killed in the next action but the left wing under dezza and minotti garibaldi and the reserves under fabrizi behaved so well that even bixio praised their conduct especially that of the sicilians bixio after his right wing had disappeared still held the western mountain wall of the valley the lower slopes of the monte caro and the pass crowded by the villa gualtieri over which von mitchell now attempted to cut his way to caserta in the plain beyond the Austrians and Bavarians tried to ascend Monte Caro through the wood from the north, while the victorious Swiss began to climb out of the valley bottom up the precipitous slopes to Villa Gualtieri and to pour across from Monte Lugano along the top of the arches of the valley. But the artillery got encumbered in endeavouring to cross the narrow viaduct, and as the infantry struggled uphill through the sparse vineyards and the limestone rocks, they were met by vigorous bayonet charges and hurled back again into the valley bottom now was the time that ruiz should have appeared over the top of monte caro but he was not in sight and the messengers sent to find him had failed in their mission at midday therefore after six hours of fighting von mitchell gave orders to retreat to Ducenta. He acknowledged a loss of ninety men and one gun captured, and over one hundred men killed and wounded. Bixio lost no prisoners, but acknowledged a loss of over two hundred killed and wounded. Meanwhile, Ruiz and his five thousand were wandering about useless between the two battles, either of which could have been decided by their presence. Their only orders were to occupy old Caserta arriving at limatola at dawn they drove out a few hundred garibaldian irregulars and followed the road southwards through the hills on to the cultivated tufa plain that lies in the lap of this group of mountains on the plain stand half a dozen villages round the foot of a conical mountain crowned by the feudal ruin of castle marone in the castle were stationed pallade bronzetti and two hundred and eighty men of cosent's brigade and Ruiz turned aside to storm their position. Bronzetti had expected the villages of Sant Andrea and La Annuzziata in the plain to be defended for a while by the bands who had retired thither from Limatola, and by one hundred and fifty of Sacchi's men who had come over from San Lucio. But these all decamped without waiting for the enemy refusing even to retire up the hill so as to join bronzetti in the defence of the ruined castle bronzetti and his two hundred and eighty men were therefore left alone in castle moroni against ruiz and his five thousand the attack was delivered first from the north only and finally from all sides at once the bourbon general himself has recorded that this handful of garibaldini held out for four hours of fierce fighting castel moroni was a well-chosen position for a determined body of men to resist more than ten times their number the lonely medieval keep raised high above the modern life of the plain below has been inhabited for hundreds of years past only by yellow hawks darting in and out of the upper windows whence the robber normans once watched the traffic along the banks of the volturno the keep itself is surrounded by a ruined parapet a few yards out which bronzetti had caused his men to repair from the foot of this outer wall the mountain falls away on every side in a smooth glacius for several hundred yards and on the south side the straight bare slope continues for half a mile as far as the villages of the plain only on the west is there a neighboring hilltop within long rifle range of the castle firing from behind the parapet the garibaldini again and again repulsed the enemy advancing up the glacius of the mountain side at length their ammunition ran out but they still resisted using the bayonet and hurling the heavy blocks of limestone which lay everywhere to their hands when the royalists at length burst over the wall and into the chambers of the castle they found pallati branzati sitting wounded on the ground and stabbed him to death while he was attempting to negotiate the surrender of his men he left a name as memorable in garibaldian history as that of his brother narciso who had been killed the year before at the foot of the alps his men were all captured but not before at least a third of them had been killed or wounded in the latter stages of his four-hour siege ruiz with a part of his force had been skirmishing at caselli against a few of Sacchi's men and had then begun to push on towards Caserta after the fall of castle moroni his whole force proceeded southwards ascended the lupara range over the western shoulder of monte vidro and reached old caserta in the middle of the afternoon three and a half hours after von mitchell had retreated from before bixio at the arches of the valley the appearance of ruiz's blue coats on the ridge overlooking the great plain and the sight of the bourbon flag floating from the castle of old Caserta were greeted with the ringing of joy-bells in the reactionary villages of Casola, san barbara and tourro at the foot of the mountain and struck terror into the liberal inhabitants of new Caserta. the headquarters at the palace were now practically destitute of troops for tours though with some misgivings had obeyed garibaldi's orders and started for santa maria an hour before with the last of the reserves ruiz however had no orders to proceed farther than old caserta remained on the top of the mountain all the rest of the day looking down on the unprotected heart of the enemy's position but never striking the blow that might so well have proved fatal if delivered in time the four hours delay purchased by the heroism of brancetti and his handful of men at Castel moroni very probably saved garibaldi from destruction for if ruiz had arrived at old caserta before noon he would either have been in time to help von mitchell to a victory over bixio or else he would by threatening new caserta in the plain have prevented the departure thence of tours reserves for santa maria in the latter case santa maria and Sant'Angelo would have been taken before nightfall at three in the afternoon, the last reserves from Caserta, the Hungarians, Rusto's Milanese, and Eber's North Italians, all picked troops, were brought up by Tor himself to Santa Maria almost at the same hour. Garibaldi returned thither from Sant'Angelo. Angelo he had been forced to ride round by long and dangerous circuit through Casapola, for the whole plain as far as San Prisco. Was occupied by regiments of royalist foot and horse, he found Santa Maria still holding out, but more like a besieged town than a point in the line of battle. The Frenchmen still held their farmhouse, the Sicilians the amphitheatre, and men and guns were still lodged on part of the railway embankment, but every one else in that part of the field was packed into the streets of Santa Maria. Which presented for hours together a scene of confused resistance and continual slaughter. All through the day, fresh men were found ready to die beside the two cannon under the old Roman archway. The town band of Santa Maria, whose twenty thousand inhabitants were devoted partisans of the new order, stood plain in the middle of the crowded street to hearten their defenders. Arrived in the middle of this welter, which would have confused a less able soldier, garibaldi took in the situation on the whole battlefield and saw that the opportunity of the day had come he at once determined to lead out northwards the last reserves whom tor had just brought into the town in this way alone could he relieve pressure on santa maria and at the same time clear the enemy off the line of communications with sant angelo while he was giving his last orders in the streets before riding out to try the final issue of his own and country's fortune his old friend Jessie white mario's english wife came up to him with a glass of water and some figs he had tasted nothing all day and he gladly took food and drink from her hands as he did so he observed that she was being followed about by a group of british sailors on the spree with no officer among them ON LEAVE FROM H.M.S. Hannibal Being unskilled in Italian, they had fastened on their countrywoman and were employing her to have them supplied with muskets. "'What, Jesse, you are helping these sailors to desert their queen?' said Garibaldi good-naturedly, as he sat on his horse eating the fig she had brought him. "'They have only come to amuse themselves,' she said. "'They were not supplied with arms.' But stood by ready to bear hand in some way more befitting to their country's attitude of benevolent neutrality the decisive movement now began garibaldi followed by the hungarians by eber's men and by the milanesi issued from santa maria along the northern road and cleared the enemy off the communications with sant angelo eber continuing up the road towards Chicarelli lane and bridge where garibaldi had fallen into the ambush in the morning relieved the pressure on medici but the dictator himself followed by the hungarians and milanesi wheeled to the left not far outside santa maria and swept the field in the direction of capua the onslaught with fixed bayonets of fresh and vigorous troops under such a leader could not be resisted by the masses of the enemy who had been firing for hours past without making further headway the two hundred hungarian cavaliers garibaldi's only mounted force were at length let loose they went right over the batteries and on through regiment after regiment too few to rout the whole army they were too brave and too skilled with horse and sword to be stopped anywhere on this side of the walls of capua singly and in small groups as evening fell the survivors rode back well satisfied that they had honored the magyar name before the eyes of europe behind the two hundred horsemen followed the ranks of leveled bayonets with garibaldi in the midst of them Two hundred Hungarian infantry and six hundred Milanese, deploying to north and south of Parisi farmhouse, with their faces towards Capua station, drove the enemy's tired regiments before them. The royalists, as they were retreated, turned round to fire, and still here and there rallied for a stand under a covering charge of cavalry. But Garibaldi still came on and in the rear and on the left of the men whom he was leading came the defenders pouring out from santa maria men of sicily of calabria of tuscany and of all the other provinces of united italy san agostino had been deserted by the enemy and now the cemetery and the cappuccini convent were stormed and de farm to the north of the road medici too relieved by eber's advance sallied out from san angelo and recaptured the battery where Dune had been wounded in the morning. All the advanced positions which had been lost at dawn when the Bourbon army came out of Capua in the fog, were reoccupied before sunset. The masses of beaten royalists, converging from north and south upon the parade ground before Capua, retreated sullenly through the gate whence they had issued with such high hopes twelve hours before while garibaldi rode back to san angelo through the dusk his men lay down exhausted and hungry on the ground each men where he stood knowing that they had saved italy an epilogue to the decisive battle of the first of october took place the following day ruiz and his five thousand on the hilltop of old caserta had spent the afternoon and night in complete ignorance of the result of the fighting before capua or at the arches of the valley early on the morning of october second news reached them of the double defeat of Ritucci and of von michel ruiz thereupon held a council of war at which he decided to retreat at once to the north bank of the volturno while the way was still open nearly three thousand of his men obeyed the order to retreat and escape through the limatola but more than two thousand seized by a sudden impulse for battle and plunder refused to obey their general and descended off the mountain officers and men together to attack caserta in the plain below part of them advanced through the park and by way of the cascade driving a company of Sachi's men before them down the wooded hillside others made straight into caserta town through casola and altifreda a panic seized the few troops defending Caserta and the royalists entered in triumph and commenced sacking the houses but all this while garibaldi was throwing his net around them with equal energy and skill he had already caused his orders to be conveyed to bixio bidding him come over montevideo and cut them off from the northeast he himself with such troops from san angelo as were not completely prostrated by their efforts of the day before crossed the tracks over monte tefata and arrived at san lucio a little after nine in the morning here he effected a junction with Sacchi, and with some troops just arrived by train from naples who had taken no part in the battle of october first namely stoccos calabrians and a few companies of piedmontese bersaglieri and other regulars led on by garibaldi himself the picked troops of victor emmanuel's army in their round hats with cock's feathers climbed through the steep park in the direction of old caserta side by side with the red-shirts and the gaitered calabrians in their brigand costume before he himself began to mount the hill from san lucio the dictator had detached thence a few score of gionese carabineers of the thousand by the lower road to save the palace and to clear the enemy out of caserta in the plain the gionese charged into the main street of caserta singing mameli's hymn of forty-eight and after a sharp struggle in which a dozen fell on each side drove the horde of plunderers back out of the town and up the hills towards old caserta meanwhile the larger force under the dictator was shepherding the other flocks of bourbon infantry out of the park and up towards the same point on the hills above before long the whole two thousand emerging from brushwood and the olive groves below were to be seen flying for their lives along the stony flanks of the mountain towards old caserta at this moment, Bixio's force appeared over the top of Montevero, barring their flight northwards. The net closed in upon them, and after another hour spent in hunting detachments of various sizes over the Great Bear Plateau, two thousand and twelve men and seventy-seven officers were secured as prisoners of war, taking all parts of the battle of the Volturno together the garibaldini officially acknowledged a loss on the two days of three hundred and six killed one thousand three hundred and twenty-eight wounded and three hundred and eighty-nine missing of these losses scarcely fifty can be attributed to the fighting on the second day at castle moroni there were under three hundred lost most of them prisoners and at the arches of the valley rather more than two hundred killed and wounded it follows that some fourteen hundred must have been killed or wounded in the main battle of october first in defence of the line of santa maria and sant angelo over against capua the bourbon generals officially acknowledged a loss in that part of the field of one thousand and sixty-five men two hundred and sixty killed seven hundred and thirty-one wounded and seventy-four prisoners besides two hundred more lost at the arches of the valley on october the first and two thousand and eighty-nine prisoners taken near old caserta on october the second garibaldi had now nearly fifteen hundred wounded on his hands besides large numbers of sick disabled by constant exposure and underfeeding at the outposts as the autumn drew on long gray overcoats were served out which gave the army a more uniform appearance besides some chance of warmth at night but the conditions of service before capua continued to be very severe the neapolitans did little or nothing to make life more comfortable for their deliverers those of the wounded who were sent back to the capital fared far worse than those left at the front for the usual peculation and carelessness of the hospital officials and the consequent dirt and absence of necessaries were not remedied on behalf of the garibaldini except to some degree by british help in the form of materials and money from england and personal service by some of our countrywomen in naples the field hospitals at caserta and santa maria though far from perfect were better being under the control of the medical staff of tours division and under the eye of Jessie white mario herself the english women in the hospital of naples were deeply affected by the patience and gentleness of the north italian wounded and by their complete unselfishness indeed their only anxiety seemed to be not to give trouble by any complaints however reasonable to garibaldi or to those who had volunteered to nurse them in spite of the pain and squalor of their lot the wounded were not unhappy for there were days in october on which garibaldi was in the capital when he never failed to visit them stopping to speak with each one and to make the dying envied by some special mark of his gratitude and love all the men writes an English lady, when they heard him coming, began to sit up in their beds and clap their hands and shout, Papa Nostro, Papa Nostro. They longed to be allowed coffee in the morning instead of grease and water, so my sister said to one of them, now ask the general to order that you have coffee. The young man answered, "Oh, lady, how could I trouble him with that, when he has so much to see to, and when his very presence gives us new life?' the battle of the volturno the last of garibaldi's great fears of war differs from como calatafimi palermo Milazzo, the crossing of the straits firstly because it shows him acting on the defensive and secondly because it shows him handling some twenty thousand men a larger number than the handful of guerrillas which according to his critics was all he could command with success his defensive strategy on this occasion is excellent and proves that he had learnt much about the conditions of european warfare since his defence of rome in eighteen forty nine on his return from the south american pampas while the bourbon generals on october first went out of their way to divide their army and attack him from the east north and west at once garibaldi made full use of the central position in which they thus placed him communications between the various parts of the assailing force were therefore lost with the result that ruiz's division was of no practical use to ritucci on the great day and was destroyed in detail on october second garibaldi on the other hand took advantage of his central position and of his short line of communication strung together by the maladoni caserta santa maria railway to keep his reserve under tour at the central point between the various battlefields until the very last moment he could thus postpone the vital decision as to whether the reserve should be sent from caserta to santa maria or from caserta to madaloni until events showed where they were most needed the arrival of this body of fresh troops at santa maria halfway through the afternoon and the vigorous use which he made of them to attack the enemy's tired regiments decided the even balance of the day the success of the national army in holding its own against greatly superior numbers is therefore to be attributed apart from the valor of the volunteers to three qualities shown on this occasion by garibaldi the personal inspiration of his presence at so many of the important points the combined caution and vigor of his offensive defensive tactics and last but not least a sound strategy governing the disposition of his men over the whole region of conflict from the arches of the valley to the gate of capua chapter 13.